as we continue the parables, and we're in this parable of the farmer and the seed, this thing, the more I get into it, which has been so amazing and wonderful, the bigger it gets and the more it grows. And I know, as I shared last week, I have a little more experience with farming than Mark did when he shared his part. And by the way, just so you know, I kind of picked on Mark a little bit last week about uh, food plots for deers, that he would set up, grow a food plot so he could kill a deer. And I said, I wouldn't kill a deer, which I haven't done because I never tried, really. But then I walked down when I got done last week, and Roz Rogers said, now let me get this straight. You'll kill a cow, you'll kill a pig, and you'll kill a chicken, but you won't kill a deer. Is that right? So guilty as charged. Okay, we've done all the above. Because, hey, if it's time to eat, it's time to eat it. All right, so with this parable, there's something that Jesus does as he works in the parable between giving the parable and then explaining the parable. And that's why I want us to at least focus on to some degree this morning. Because the disciples came and said, why do you speak to them in parables? Now, when he says, why do you speak to, when they say, why do you speak to them? They're talking about the general population. And in this population, there is a variety of folks. There are those who are seeking after the things of God. There are those who are just destitute and desperate. And then there are those who are very religious and they think they have all the answers. And notice what he says. To you, it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it's not been given. Do you understand that that scripture is talking about us? That God in his incredible, amazing, wonderful grace has given us the capacity to understand the parables and the mysteries of the kingdom of God. That's why, as we heard some of the testimony, particularly as Brenda, the sacrifice of Christ. Think about that just for a moment. Without the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, there would be no thanksgiving. Not really. Without the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ, there would be no opportunity for us to confess and repent of our sins. Without the blood sacrifice, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, we would have no hope and we would certainly have no eternal hope. As Chris read the scripture from the Apostle Paul, if that resurrection is not valid... We got zero. But guess what? The resurrection is valid. And we are able, think about this. We're able, God has given us, as the Holy Spirit works in us, he has given us the capacity to hear these truths, even though they may seem a little difficult to understand. But with the Holy Spirit, we have his amazing Revelation. Think about that. Think about how wonderful, how incredible, how miraculous that is. That God just took us, everyday common folk, and he gave us the capacity here to understand, to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. 
But he said, for those. In other words, those who are seeking after their stuff, those who are thinking they can figure out a way to do it in their capacity, for them, it's not possible. But for us, because of the work of the Holy Spirit, for whoever has to him more shall be given and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. God's economy is just a tad different than ours. Because in God's economy, as we press into God, and that is the privilege of every child of God, that is not for the elite, that is not for those who were standing around in his day who were very religious and were keeping the formalities of Judaism, but for every one of us, every person here, every person who is willing, every person who is able to seek after God. This amazing, amazing, amazing gift of understanding and revelation to the point that it makes the difference in how we do daily life because we do it from a different perspective. We have moved into the latter days. You've heard us say that. The scripture says that. And in these latter days, the scripture says that men will be lovers of themselves. You know what that means? That means that we're focusing on us. It also says we lovers of pleasure. So that means that we're going to be at, you know, we can't be content. There's always got to be that next thing. There's always got to be something else, something more. Now, let me please take a step back so you understand. When it comes to God, yes. Nobody here, I don't care who it is, me, you, anybody, nobody here has gotten to the place where we understand all of God. And guess what? We never will. But we're on that journey. And so, as those who are on that journey, we understand that it's not all the stuff, it's not all the events, it's not having things. There's nothing wrong with things, nothing wrong with events. That's not the point. The point is, whether we realize it, we so slowly, well, let me go back. You guys have heard the old analogy, cook the frog. How do you cook a live frog? Slowly, Okay. You don't put them in a hot pot because they'll jump out, but you put them in a cold pot and gradually turn the heat up, and guess what? In a while, you got dead, you got frog meat, frog legs, whatever you want to eat, okay? Well, that's what's happened to our culture, and that's what's happened to the Western church in so many ways, because we make it about us. And I think it's so often without realizing it, we worship ourselves, we worship others, We don't really mean to, but it says here that God wants us to have his grace, mercy, all that in such abundance. He says, that's why I speak in parables, because while seeing they do not see and while hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Now, here's the thing. Any of us can take this Bible, 
and open it up and read the verses. And we have the privilege of knowing the author of the book, which is the Holy Spirit. And then spending time with him to ask him to help us understand what it says. And here's, let me give you a couple terms. There's exegeting the scripture and eisegeting the scripture. Eisegeting the scripture, kind of like icing on a cake, I guess, in one sense. Eisegeting the scripture is, I already made up my mind. I know what I think it says. And what I think it says accommodates how I want it to be. Exegeting the scripture is opening it and allowing the Holy Spirit to take that word and penetrate our lives. That's a whole different world. It's a whole different world. And so when we, those today, read the scripture that says, we are granted, <laughs> we are granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom. <laughs> oh, thank you for telling me that. Okay. Just so you know, I didn't call her. Okay. The mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. We have that. So like I said, none of us are going to leave here today without expressing some gratitude to God. You say, wait a minute. I don't understand as much as somebody else does. Well, guess what? We can always understand more because God wants us to. He wants us to understand more. He wants us to go deeper with him. He wants our lives to be such a revelation of what his word says that others seek after the life that we have in him. Because I got to tell you, I don't want anybody to seek after my junk. And I don't think you do either. But oh, the more that I, more that I know him, the more that he works in my life, the more that he refines who I am in Christ, the more that that reality gets expressed. And what an amazing, amazing work that that is that God does in us. Can you say thank you, Jesus? With a little louder volume. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for letting me understand. You say, wait a minute. How does this work going forward? It's real simple. The more we know, the more we obey, and the better it gets. Now, anybody here, anybody here, you can decide today, I ain't going to do it. I've got about all I want. I've got about all I want to know, and I'm good with it. I don't recommend that, but you can do that. But the problem is in doing so, what you're doing is you're preventing God. Isn't that amazing? He loves us so much. He is so enamored by us as his creation 
that he wants us and gives to us the free will and the free way that provide, that's provided for us in the work of the Holy Spirit so that our lives, listen to this, in this dark, dying world, and it is dark, dying world, okay? That's not to be morbid. That's this reality that we're in. In this dark and dying world, we are chosen by God to be his light and his revelation of his truth. And that means every application. We went through a few of those. As we talk about the sower, I want to just jump over just a little bit and read some of the ones. Don't have time to do all of them. So as we think about God working in us, us moving in closer with God, the intimacy that we have with God continue to increase so that the reality of God is expressed in our lives. And we come to this parable parable of the sower and the seed. It goes like this. How many of you in this room would want people to love you more? Raise your hand. Let me rephrase that question. How many in this room would want people to love you more? I mean, really love you. Raise your hand. I'm not, I'm not asking that question right, am I? Maybe I'm wrong, but I thought everybody would. So for those who raise their hand, hands, if you want people to love you, what do you do? You love them. Oh, but wait a minute. You don't get it. I have loved them. I have loved them and loved them and loved them. And I don't see it being returned. Back to the farmer. Every seed does not produce a harvest at the same time. In fact, the farmer... Praise God for farmers. That's why we're all here in the sense of being able to eat. He understands that there's some things about farming that are out of his control. He doesn't control the heat. He doesn't control the humidity. He doesn't control the sun. He doesn't control the rain. All of those are left to God. See, that's the really cool thing for us as we grow and mature in that relationship with him. We understand there are some things, the disciplines of the faith. We spend time in his word. We spend time in prayer. We spend time in solid Christian fellowship. We spend time in the disciplines of the faith, walking them out every day. And God provides mercy and grace and kindness in amazing ways. So the next one on my list is this. How many of you would... (laughs) How many of you really love to have more patience? <laughs> Got an honest man in the crowd. Tribulation. There's a, there's a biblical formula you want to be careful of here. Tribulation brings patience. But again, we all still, I think, if we're being honest, want to be a little more patient. And how do you get it? You're patient with other people. Is that right? Nod your head. Thank you. Kindness. How many of you would like people to be kinder to you? 
Can we get a, can I get a witness anywhere where this crowd is born? Yeah. Yesterday, Sheila and I were at Walmart checking out. And I am telling you, this young lady who was bagging our groceries, I was really impressed to the point that I had to say to her, I love your attitude. It's amazing. She said, well, thank you so very much. I do try to express a good attitude toward people. She just, she's bagging groceries. So those areas that we desire for God to work in our life, he's already given us the opportunity that we can do it for others. Now, here's the one that continues to baffle me in church life today is forgiveness. Why is it hard for people in church today to forgive? And and you say, well, is it really? Listen, if you do as much counseling as some of us do around here, you'll know. Yes, it really is. So if I want forgiveness, what do I do? I give forgiveness. You say, but, and we've heard this so many times. You don't understand what they did. And you're right. I don't know all the circumstances. But I do know that Paul says in Ephesians that we are to forgive as we have been forgiven. Now, that's, that's not an excuse to go commit more sin. In fact, if you remember the woman uh, caught in, in adultery and all those accusers walk away and Jesus says to her, I don't condemn you either, but go and sin no more. In other words, if you're involved in sin, stop it. And we have the grace through the Holy Spirit and the power to do that. Now, here's one that's kind of kind of gets mixed up for folks. What if you want more money? What do you do? You give it away. Boy, whose economy is that? God says the eternal law of sowing and reaping can never be done away with. You say, but you don't understand. I have been giving and giving and giving and giving and giving. Well, guess what? Every harvest doesn't come at the same time. We've watched this in our lives. We've watched in all these areas and even more. And just been amazed at how this law, and that's later on. The, let me get to it here. We're Father, I'm jumping ahead of my. I got a long ways to go. Oh, there we go. You guys, am I, did I mess everything up? (laughs) Kids, you can go now. (laughs) We're on part three of the seed. We're going to start over. Let me just give you the scripture in Hebrews. I'm sorry, in Galatians. The eternal law is you reap what you sow. How many of you have been sowing rebellion and then wonder why people around you are the way they are?
How many have been sowing strife and then wonder why there's so much strife in your life? The the point of the Word of God is there's a solution. Thank you. I appreciate all the help back there. Don't be deceived. Don't live in some form of delusion because God is not going to be mocked. He put the law in place. He's going to uphold and sustain the law. There is no question about it. What you sow is what you reap. So before you get up and leave today, wouldn't it be wonderful if we would all decide, God, I'm going to sow good seed. I'm going to sow kindness when those others have been unkind to me. I'm going to sow forgiveness when others have been unforgiving. I'm going to sow love when others have been unloving. I'm telling you, this makes a difference in our world. It makes a difference in our families. It makes a difference in our church family. It makes a difference where we work, where we go to school. It makes a difference in our community. The question for all of us, are we willing to make the difference? Are we willing to do so even though, well, let's just pause for a second. Show of hands. You don't have to tell us what it is. How many of you had a really tough week this week? Okay. And I'm not surprised. Remember, we have an enemy who hates us because we're God's kids. We have an enemy who hates family. That's why families have conflict. We have an enemy who hates church. That's why there's strife in church. But it comes down to this. We're the ones who get to decide what we're going to sow. We're the ones who get to decide, listen to this, get to decide what we're going to reap. Is that not incredible? Because what you sow is what you reap. It's an eternal law. What you sow is what you reap. You sow kindness, you reap kindness. Does that mean everybody you encounter, everyone's going to be kind to you? I'm sorry, that's not what that means. But you're going to keep on sowing. In fact, the understanding of this verse is it's not a one-time thing. It's keep on sowing, 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 keep on sowing. And then you what? You keep on reaping and you keep on reaping and you keep on reaping. Isn't it humbling that sometimes we look at our lives And we realize that we have been our own worst enemy. That we have brought destruction into our lives that should never have been. We see it all the time. All the time. I see it myself. I have to look in the mirror. See it. But I'm telling you before God, my heart is, 
my heart is that I want to sow the good seed. I want to sow, 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 sow the good seed. And reap, 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 reap the good harvest. Please stand. Father, we're trusting right now that Jesus, because of your death, burial, and resurrection, and because you have given to us the Holy Spirit to work in all of our lives every day, that on this day, this day, this day, that God, there's something that you're doing in each of us that will change the harvest because we change the sowing. And I want to thank you, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you for those who continue to sow the good seed. I want to thank you. I want you to bless them. Please bless them in such a way in the coming days that there is an absolute abundance, as your scripture says, that you give to us. Because that's your will. That's your heart. That's your desire for each of us. Holy God, thank you. That in these days of self-love and self-seeking, that this body of people will rise up and demonstrate to our world that we love you because you first loved us. And we do truly believe that that eternal law of sowing and reaping is real. And we thank you in Jesus' name for letting us With your help, determine the harvest that we reap. In Jesus' name, amen.